podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. One of the biggest days of the year for college football. And we're talking college basketball instead. I am Philip Slavin, and this is the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, this is Wednesday, and it means it's the start of the early signing period for college football. Today, Thursday, and Friday, more than 60% of the class of 2020 is going to sign their national letters of intent, send those into their schools, and officially become part of your school's program. All 10 schools are very busy. I'm sure either by the time you're listening to this that a large number of those recruits have already signed their NLIs. They've been announced on Twitter by your school's official Twitter feed. It's a big day. It's a very big day. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of excitement. You're going to see some guys flip at the last minute. You've seen a lot of guys committing over the last few days leading into this. We're going to see some announcements today. Every Big 12 school is on commitment watch as of today keeping an eye on guys that they've been targeting who are going to announce what schools they want to go to. Now, granted, some of them have probably already told the school, but for the fans' sake, it's it's fun to watch and see what happens. By the way, just to remind you, don't at recruits. Don't tweet at recruits. Don't tweet at recruits. Don't tweet at recruits. I can't say it enough, fans. Don't tweet at recruits. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't make them, oh my, did you see that tweet he wrote? I must go to that school. It's the most amazing thing ever. Just don't tweet at recruits. Especially if you're a grown man who is sitting here trying to convince an 18-year-old to go do something. It's weird. You can talk about recruiting. You can follow recruiting. Recruiting is a lot of fun. I cover recruiting for Oklahoma State, for the SB Nation site, Cowboys Ride for Free. I love recruiting. It's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. It's really complex. It's not as simple as you want to think. But don't tweet at recruits, kids. Do not tweet at recruits. It's weird. Don't, don't do it. Just don't. Okay. Enjoy the day. National Signing of the Day is a big deal. Um, congrats to every class of 2020 uh, recruit who is who's chosen the school he wants to play at. It's fun. It is. It's a big. It's a big fun day. Uh, enjoy it. Don't be pissed at kids who don't choose your school, and and be happy and proud of the class that you have signed. Now that said, I want to give a shout out again to the Baylor women's volleyball team. Big 
day on Thursday. Those girls will be facing Wisconsin, hoping to get to their first NCAA championship match. It's a big deal. It is. We are we are rooting for the Lady Bears to win their first national championship. Uh, we've been trying to get a guest on. It has not worked. We have not been able to get schedules aligned, so we won't have somebody on. But I, I do want to make sure to say, like, look, guys, it's championship season. However you feel about Baylor, and I know we all feel a similar way, let's let's not feel bad or, or, or harp on the women's volleyball team. Obviously, they have not been the source of any of the problems at Baylor. These girls deserve a ton of credit and our respect. And, and if they can bring another trophy to the Big 12, then I'm all for it. So good luck on Thursday, ladies. Uh, it's a big one against Wisconsin. Today, Brian Ralph of Busting Brackets is on the show. It's time for a basketball update. I've been saying we needed to do one, and I wanted to get in went in before we took our holiday break. Uh, obviously, we have today. We have an episode Friday, and we'll have an episode on Monday. I've got something fun cooked up between me and Chris, who will be here on Monday. Uh, we will be making our bowl picks on Friday. So if you are not subscribed yet, make sure you are so you don't miss a single episode. It's really easy to do. Don't forget to leave us a rating, five stars if you don't mind, and a review. We would appreciate it. If you leave a review, screenshot it. DM it to us at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. We'll send you some free land, Grant Gottlet stuff. Make sure if you're a Big 12 football fan, which I'm guessing you probably are, that you are checking out the landgrantgauntlet.com, your source for all things Big 12 football news related. So, football aside, it's hoops time. Let's get Brian Ralph on. Brian Ralph of Busting Brackets joining us today to talk a little Big 12 basketball. Like we've, we've got bowl season right now, but basketball season is underway. And I know that December is like the worst month because everyone plays like one game a week and it drives me nuts having to go Saturday to Sunday to watch a college basketball game. I'm ready for conference play, so I get to a week. But that aside, there have been it, it's been a really interesting non-conference so far for the Big 12. And, and Brian, I kind of want to start there. What... What has surprised you the most thus far? You know, everyone's played about 10 games. What surprised you thus far in the Big 12 the most? Well, I think the biggest thing that has surprised me about Big 12 from a, just a general standpoint is the fact that they have been the least immune to the hiccups that all the other conferences seem to have fallen victim to. Outside of West Virginia's loss to St. John's, maybe, none of the teams have had uh, real terrible losses that have kind of put some dampers on some of these hopes that they've, they've gotten from beating some of the better teams that they've played. Texas Tech narrowly avoided one uh, against Southern Miss at home after beating Louisville, but they're, I, I think they're making a statement as the best basketball conference in the country so far because they have some of those wins like Louisville, Kansas back to being Kansas, Baylor surging up, becoming a, you know, a fringe top 10 team. The strength of the conference, top to bottom, we talked before the season, we didn't think it was going to be as deep as it is in the as years past. And the bottom with Kansas State and TCU may not be as good. But I think the depth, one through seven, one through eight, is as strong as any in the country. I've been impressed so far. There's a few teams that have, have really impressed me. I, I'm curious about your – no one's had a bad loss. I mean, Kansas State's had some losses you kind of go, yeah. TCU's had some close ones, but again, those are teams at the bottom. Uh, since I have you, and since I'm an OSU guy, I do want to ask your your opinion on this one. OSU losing, and this is a good example for, for teams. When you lose a guy, um, how does that impact the view of a loss? Obviously, Oklahoma State's been without their star point guard, Isaac Likely. 
They've gone two, uh, one and two without him. Big, big win on the road in Houston, which was a little bit shocking. But they have that loss to Georgetown, which at the time doesn't isn't bad. But how do you look at and how do you think the committee will look at losses that may not be as bad now? But because I think Georgetown's going to fall off the just going to fall yeah. apart. Like they just they're losing players. If how this is the guys transferring because of off the court in the court. They haven't, they haven't lost since those guys transferred. They have like a seven man rotation and they somehow have beaten good teams. Right. It makes zero sense. But you, you know, you look at a team like that and you go, okay, at some point this is going to fall apart. How does the committee look at losses like that at this point in the season where, you know, there's a lot of different mitigating circumstances to it. And, and maybe the team was different at the time, but when the season comes to an end, you know, I don't think Georgetown's going to be very good. It's not going to look like a good loss. At the end of the season, from a pure paper standpoint, they'll look at it through the quadrant spectrum right wherever your your net ranking falls and where you play the game depends on which quadrant that game falls into so they'll look at it from that perspective uh, just from purely on paper standpoint but if it gets to a situation where you're deciding in oklahoma state's case if you're deciding in at large bid between them and uh, another team that might be on the bubble because i think that's sort of the situation the cowboys find themselves in at this point, kind of in, in that bubble conversation, then you'll look at that game and understand the circumstances surrounding it. With Georgetown playing well this time, Oklahoma State not having their best player, they'll they'll take that into consideration when deciding between teams with similar resumes. Uh, that's one of the things that I think you can fairly criticize the section committee about is sometimes they can get too into. Uh, the paper to decide sort of tiers of teams, so to speak. Um, but it, it will be a factor when you're differentiating between maybe a seed line or who gets in and who doesn't. So everybody doesn't remember the the way the committee now reviews teams is no longer based off the RPI. It's made off the, the net rankings, which is just a quad system to, to rate wins and losses. It's, it's, look, it's a better system than the RPI was. It's not a perfect okay. system by any means, but it is better because it does better value um, games on the road and neutral side than they used to. You know, I, I I do think they put much more importance on wins on the road and and not getting deemed for losses on the road as much as they used to, which I think is important. You know, but uh, yeah, it, go ahead. It's a step in the right direction. Uh, the net rankings themselves uh, last year at least were very accurate in terms of who kind of went further in the NSA tournament. Um, the quadrants can be a bit iffy, uh, but. The net rankings themselves, um, I think, had some some pretty good returns last year. Okay. So looking at the the first net ranking of the season kind of came out earlier this week. Uh, Big 12 very well represented seven of the conference's 10 teams in the top 50, which is kind of where you want to be at this point in the season. Right right now, after we're recording this on on a Tuesday after Monday's games, Kansas is number one. You've got Baylor at number six. Um, The the only teams outside of the top 50 were Iowa State, TCU, and and Kansas State, who's – Let's just say way down there. Um, is it what does the net ranking thus far? And I, and I know this is a thing that updates daily, so it's okay. something that's it's nice because it updates daily and it kind of tells you how a how a game impacted where your standing is. But it's also something you have to take with a grain of salt because it changes so often. You can't look at what's happened, what it looks like now, and say, "Well, this is what this team is," because lots of things can change. But what can you take away from the Big Twelve standing in the net rankings right now? I think you can take away it. these rankings and the metrics value 
who the Big 12 has played. The Big 12 teams have played at a conference, signifying that it's it's been a generally strong um, non-conference strength of schedule for all of those teams. And they've performed well against it. And there are other metrics you can, you can see that. Uh, but so far, the takes into consideration it doesn't have any preseason bias in it, it simply takes a, a look at who you played where you played them and how you, and how you played them and takes into consideration the final score thing, things of um, different game metrics things of that nature to rank these teams and so occasionally early on in the season you'll get some kind of weird things from smaller schools that play really tough competition early on in the non-conference, whether they're by games or, or what have you. I think last year, Loyola Marymount was a, a top 10 team and teams like Radford were ranked in the top 20, top 30, uh, top 40 kind of deal. So there are, are there are, aren't as many of those this year, I don't think. Um, but it, it does show for the, the power conference schools, how you perform against a, your non-conference schedule to this point. And moving forward, that's going to serve really well for the Big 12 because you want to have, obviously, a lot of games against quality competition, a lot of those those quadrant one opportunities, so to speak. And because there are so many teams in the top 50 in the Big 12, a, a win is going to do you a great service and a loss is not going to do you a huge disservice because everybody is rated so high. And so having everybody, having everybody do this well collectively non-conference strengthens conference as a whole because when you look at it a team that may go 500 in big 12 conference play could end up with a much significantly higher net ranking than a team that does the same in the acc or sec because of how well all of these teams have done in the non-conference and what it's done for their net ranking yeah it's a really good point of, you know, the benefit of the depth of the Big 12 is losing to a team in the Big 12 isn't going to hurt you as much. Now, barring you of losing to, sorry, Kansas State or yes. maybe TCU, Kansas State at 129 in the net ranking right now. The Wild, I think the Wildcats are in for a very long season, um, but we knew that heading into the year. I'm curious from your perspective, you know, Kansas State's down, TCU's looking better maybe than I thought they would, but I think a lot of that is because they have a guy like Desmond Bain on the roster and, and, and having that one guy can do a lot of things for you. Is there a is there a team so far that has outperformed your expectations or is there one that has massively underperformed from, from what you expected? I think Texas, because they haven't taken a step forward, you could say is underperforming. Obviously they, they haven't had they've avoided the sort of backbreak very obvious, you know, this isn't going to work with Shaka Smart kind of deal. But given what's sort of at stake for him and, and that program this year and the talent they have, there was an expectation of taking a step forward. But they're, again, it's essentially rinse repeat with what we've seen from Texas the past couple of years. And there was hope that she would be different. And so far, it hasn't been. Uh, I, I've been very impressed as well with West Virginia the leap they've made from last year um, that St. John's loss is uh, I think one that's going to be kind of a stain on the resume and show some of the youth that they're still getting over and working through her sitting there at, at nine and one and a really good team with some quality wins over a good Wichita state team in particular. Uh, and Iowa state, I know hasn't had the start from a win loss standpoint that a lot of people are used to seeing from the Cyclones, but this was supposed to be a down year for them. 
And there have been some growing pains with the young team and breaking in a pretty much an entirely new rotation. But I like what I've seen from them, and I like what I've seen from a growth standpoint from their opener up until now. I, I think you can see them getting significantly better uh, to the point where, even though they can't shoot really, that by in late February, early March, they're at least resembling those Iowa State teams that nobody wants to play. Speaking of West Virginia, I, it, it feels like that's a team that has has shown continual progress each week, has continued to get better, to find find more ways to improve. I, I've been really surprised by West Virginia as far as teams that have, have shown me something. And, and I, I want to wrap on this. They've got a, a big game coming up in non-conference. They're going to face Ohio State who I know that Ohio State just dropped a game at Minnesota. Welcome to college basketball in 2019 and 2020, guys. There's going to be – no one's going to just be head and shoulders above everybody else. Anybody can beat anybody, and, and the chaos is going to rain down upon this season, which I love. But that West Virginia-Ohio State game looks like it is not just a big game for, for West Virginia, but for the, the Big 12 as a whole. Yeah, if uh, Ohio State, I think, has solidified themselves as the team to beat in the Big 10 with the way they've played. And, and they didn't look great in the Minnesota loss, but they the resume was so good up until then. I think you kind of give them uh, a game to not play as well and still hold them in high regard. But it did show that they're vulnerable. And they're vulnerable in spots that West Virginia can exploit. And if you're a West Virginia program that's looking for some validation for your start and looking to announce that you're going to be a player in the Big 12 race, this is a game you do it in. And again, gives you a lot of national respect as well. That's one that West Virginia is going to have to come out and, and play their very best basketball, obviously. Uh, maybe hope you catch Ohio State a little bit on a decline. Um, but the way they play and the turnovers that they can create could cause some problems for the Buckeyes. And that would be a win for West Virginia that, that resonates nationally and I think would put them uh, you know, clearly in the top 20, top 15 team in the country. Looking around the rest of the Big 12, everyone's got a game or two left before conference play starts. Um, obviously, there's the Big 12 SEC Challenge later, but that's not until the end of January. Um, are there any other games on, for the Big 12 on your radar that you look at and go, this is definitely one you want to you want to put on, you want to watch, and, and could, could make some noise for the Big 12 on the national stage? I think that West Virginia game, it, it, it's those teams like West Virginia and Texas and Oklahoma State that are sort of rounding out the middle of the conference. Cause we know at, at this point, we know Baylor is really good. At this point, we know Kansas is really good, but if Texas and Oklahoma state, I would say those, those teams in the middle of the conference, if they can just avoid the really bad loss, the slip up and maintain their solid net rankings, the big 12 is going to be in a fantastic place. Once conference play begins. I, I think that's the bigger thing for the conference than a one particular game uh, outside of the West Virginia, Ohio state game. The bigger thing, just because of how this season's gone with everybody losing uh, a big win is certainly great, but it may not end up meaning as much in March. It may not end up meaning as much in January. We just don't know kind of how these teams go. And so if you're a team that can avoid uh, inconsistency and, and display something of a stating hand and not have a bad loss, against a lot of these lesser teams that a lot of them are going to end up playing these last couple weeks of December before conference play. That's more important to me maintaining kind of where they're at now than any one particular big win would do outside of that West Virginia, Ohio state game. All right. 
Brian, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I'm as a, as an OSU fan, I'm ready to have Isaac Likely back, uh, especially for this Saturday against uh, mediocre at best Minnesota. But man, they just knocked off I Ohio State, it. so you never know. Well, um, see, yeah, that's the thing. If they lose that game, Minnesota has those two wins in a row. Is Minnesota a good team now? You know, like you, you don't know, and that's that's one of those things where I think avoiding a loss to a Southern Miss like Texas Tech had Monday night, where they avoided that is going to be more important than getting a win over a team like in Ohio State that, that maybe a month from now isn't as good as we thought they were. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we thought Michigan – I thought Michigan was the best team in the country, and they've won one game since, and those wins don't look as good. So I think avoiding a bad loss is going to carry a lot more weight this year than it has the past couple. So you hit it here. Just like in college football, you want quality losses more than you want – big wins those are more important so let's let's rack up those quality losses guys we don't we don't want any bad losses just quality ones just quality losses. uh go ahead and uh, and get your your lighter fluid and your matches ready because it, when you make your bracket you might as well finish it in in march and just light the thing on fire you can oh do it now because that's what this season is going to be and it's going to be glorious i cannot wait to watch the chaos unfold brian i mean just how have you felt about this season so far as a whole it's been very up and down. Uh, there, there is usually a team or teams you can rely on, and that sort of stabilizes how you look at the rest of the country. But there hasn't been that this year. And, and that's one thing that's made it a lot of fun, and one thing that I think particularly for coaches has made extremely frustrating because you're looking at all these inconsistent teams that look completely different from, from one game to the next. You know, they may be a hot shooting team that – you know, is making 40% of their threes for a, a three-week stretch. Then they go two weeks and they don't make one. And it's it's not just, you know, you play well some games, you don't play so well well some games. There are a lot of teams outside of the top 10 but ranked in, in that 11 to 25 range that have looked like completely different teams from one game to the next. And it's it's hard to diagnose, but it makes it a lot of fun because there's a lot there's a lot more unpredictability this year which is an element of college sports in particular you don't get at the professional level, and it's one of the reasons why we love it. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot to wrap this up. Okay. And I want to do this from now on when you're on the show. I want I want your final four prediction today, looking at what we know. And I'll, I'll give you okay. one too just so that you know, you're not on an island here. Um, if <laughs> I, I have to pick that. right now, I know Ohio State lost to, to Minnesota, but I think Ohio State is, is by far one of the best teams in the country. Um, just just well-rounded. I think Ohio State's a pretty good Final Four pick. Um, I really like Gonzaga this year. I really do. Um, I'm okay if they're not number one. That doesn't that doesn't bother me that much. I I think Kansas wins the Big 12, but I really, really like Baylor. I think this is a year where Baylor makes the Final Four. I just it's They've been on the cusp of it a few times, and the, and the talent is absolutely there. And for my one rant, because this feels like one of those years where a VCU or a South Carolina or some team that's just like, what, where did this happen? Rises up and makes the final four. Because that's this is the kind of season where just chaos rains down and those weird things happen. I, I'm really curious about Washington. I haven't gotten to watch much of them. But I, I there's just, and I, I may be way off, but I just have this weird feeling. If I'm going to pick a random team that's looked good, that may not be one of the best teams, but could just kind of come out and get a final four when no one's picking them to that. That feels like a nice fourth pick right now. Yeah. And they have the, the talent too, for sure. Um, I, I like them as a second weekend team, potentially. I, they're a young team that needs to get more consistent 
Washington does, but they certainly have that potential. Uh, Washington, I, I wrote this week that I think Oregon is probably my pick to the national championship right now. Um, they haven't had their, their full complement of, of players all season long and have been one of the top teams in the country. They're getting a, a five-star center and Infalia Dante back, I think, their next game. But he'll be up, ready to go for conference for sure, which gives them a shot blocker they haven't had. Peyton Pritchard, their point guard, is one of those guys. We saw the Michigan game where he, I think, scored 15 of the last 17 points. Is the kind of guy who can do Kemba-like stuff in the tournament, Jabez Napier-like stuff in the tournament. Um, they, uh, I, I like them with the championship right now. Okay. Um, I like Gonzaga to go to the Final Four as well. I hope they don't both get put in the West because that would kind of ruin things. It would make for a fun regional final. Yes, it um, would. <laughs> but I think both are, are Final Four worthy at this point. I think you got to put Ohio State in there as well. I'm thinking that Minnesota game is more of a one-game slip-up than a sign of things to come because they had been so dominant beforehand. And that fourth team, you know, is a big toss-up. I, I really like VCU. If they can shoot the three – consistently again well shoot the three over a four game stretch they could beat anybody and get there so i'll put them in there as my dark horse for right now the way they play defense their shooting has improved this season i think they have two losses but their only two losses have been to um florida state and tennessee and each were by three points so they're they're a couple buckets away from being undefeated and being a top 15, top 10 team. So I'll put them in as that fourth, which is, or, or Memphis. Because <laughs> Memphis is playing really well and doesn't have James Wiseman. So I'll do this. We'll put Memphis as my fourth team. But if there's a dark horse, VCU is that dark horse. All right. I'm going to make note of this so we can talk about it again next time. Yeah. When it's, when it's four completely different teams. Yeah. Which of course, that's, <laughs> that's how this is going to work this season, which is like for college basketball fans, it's so much fun. I love it. Oh, it is. Brian, you are awesome. I always appreciate you joining us. Uh, for everybody who wants to do, uh, keep track of the work you do covering college basketball, where can they do so? Bustingbrackets.com is where all my articles are posted uh, every Sunday morning. I do a weekly recap article uh, with my biggest takeaways from all the games of the week. So if there's games you missed, stuff you want to catch up on, um, I, that's a place to go to, I, I think, learn what you should away and apply moving forward or you can follow me on twitter at bralph33 it's b-r-a-u-f 33 Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.